Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com, presented by Lily Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Aubrey Sutton. After growing up with a family who has worked with at-risk teens and young adults her entire life, although she resisted it, she began her work in this same field while in college. Her first job in that arena was at a residential treatment center for adolescent girls, which she was doing while working towards her degree at Utah State University. After graduating with a BS in psychology, Aubrey then worked at a residential program for adolescent boys. Working with these therapeutic populations taught her great patience and empathy, and she learned to work with youth in her care and their families to make everyone's journey the best it possibly could be. In that fashion, she moved on to then work as a client services representative for a nationally recognized intervention crisis company. While there, she worked with educational consultants and families to create the best options to find a way for their client or loved one to get the help that they needed. Aubrey grew up in northern Idaho in the small town of Sandpoint. She enjoyed playing competitive soccer, hanging out on the lake, skiing in the winter with her parents and younger brother. And in her free time now, she likes to be active, watch sports, which is especially football, and then hang out with her family. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Aubrey. All right, Aubrey, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear your story. And for those listeners who are listening, I actually had the opportunity to interview uh, Aubrey's mom. So we'll make sure that's also in the show notes. If you're listening, if you're interested in listening to two family members, then we'll do that. But um, today is all about you. So let's go ahead and get started. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, where did you grow up and what was your family expectation and kind of the greater local community in which you were raised around post-secondary education? Sure. Yeah. So I was born and raised in North Idaho. So really small town. Um, everybody kind of knew everybody, um, your friends knew your parents kind of thing. Um, my parents, it wasn't so much a question of if I was going to college, it was kind of a when and where I was going to college situation. Mm -hmm. Wasn't really an option. I never really minded that because school always came really easy to me. I never was something I struggled with in high school or younger. Um, I have a younger brother who was the opposite, like he struggled in school. And for me, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to college. No problem. Being at a small high school, I really wanted to leave. I wanted out of standpoint. I never wanted to come back. I wanted to go kind of to a bigger city, but not too far away. Um, so we kind of did the whole touring colleges my senior year of spring break, everything like that. We were in California and Arizona and all these places that I thought I wanted to go. Uh, reality being <laughs> those places are pretty expensive and I even with good grades and scholarships and everything those places are a lot for somebody who grew up in a really small town I had under 200 kids in my graduating class wow kind of culture shock a little bit touring those schools and they were like, <laughs> yeah you'll have like 130 kids in your lecture classes and I was like what I've never had more than like 13 kids in a class ever in my whole life <laughs> so uh, it ended up being, I went to the University of Montana in Missoula, Montana, um, and it was only three hours away from home. 
not crazy expensive. I got an academic scholarship and really thought, you know, man, I got it together. I'm going to college and getting out of Sandpoint <laughs> was really the goal. And I achieved that goal. Okay. So you got accepted. You got the scholarship. You're like, all right, I'm going to Montana. It's only three hours away. So it's like, that's like the perfect distance too, or it's like far enough away where your parents really aren't going to surprise exactly. you. Exactly. At the but same time, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's close enough where you're like, yeah, I'm going to go home for the weekend. <laughs> right. Or it's like, oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I can go home or yeah. Christmas or any of those things. It was not bad at all. Or like my little brother had sports games on Fridays. I was like, oh, I can go home for a Friday night game. No big deal. Nice of you. I so well, how was the actual transition then? So um once I arrived to college, I thought it was wonderful. My dad dropped me off and I'm a total daddy's girl. We had a great time. He loved University of Montana. He really wanted me to go there. He almost played football there in college. So it was kind of this whole backstory of going to Montana. I ended up in what they called a pod. Um, so it was one gigantic dorm room with three people in it no separate bedrooms or anything like that. So Whoa. three of us in just one big open space and then shared a bathroom with 37 other girls on a dorm hall. I'm cringing. <laughs> you can't see my yeah. face, but I'm like, oh, that's yeah. so... And this is coming from a kid who never shared a bedroom or anything growing up. Like, I was like, whoa. And my one roommate and I got along super great. We had texted before school had started. Like, we were awesome. She was from Montana, we were pretty similar, got along really well. Our third roommate never responded to either one of us, like our get to know emails or mm. whatever. She showed up late, like mm, the day before school started, for lack of a better term, super hippie, very relaxed, careless, whatever. The first night, Sunday night, before school was supposed to start, she came in really late one night reeking of marijuana. And my mm. other roommate and I were like, what? <laughs> like culture shock again like yeah. I was never around any of that like didn't participate in any of that like I was like whoa uh, about three in the morning there's a knock on our door like pounding and what I open the door and there's like a seven foot tall police officer standing there so my other roommate and I are like what our RA thought it, her her bed was close to the door thought we were smoking marijuana in our room because of wow. her stench coming out from under the door they asked for all of our IDs. We like, they clearly knew who the culprit was. Sure. But we all got written up because you're all responsible for what's in your room. And so uh, we all had to go. Welcome to, welcome to college, Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And me being me, I called my mom. It was like, mom, like, this is what happened. I have to go meet with the RA, like director. Like we had to have separate meetings and match up stories and all this stuff. And thankfully, my one roommate and I were completely cleared of all charges. Our other roommate had to go to classes and like all this other stuff. And wow. she ended up leaving it semester. She just left a note when we got back from break and was like, thanks for being good roommates. Bye, guys. But so that was my <laughs> first experience of my first night in college in a dorm room. And I was like, great. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Pretty much from there, it was hard for me. I had a really hard time because high school had come so easy to me. I had hardly studied. I took AP classes in high school. I did really well. And then getting to college and I had to learn how to study as an 18-year-old freshman in college because I never had to do it in high school. I had never failed a class. I had never struggled like this. And I was majorly struggling. 
So I quickly became pretty depressed, really didn't like going to class, stopped really talking to anybody. I had two friends that we kind of did stuff together. Um, I called my parents crying at least every week. Like I wanted to come home. I didn't want to be in college anymore. And my dad, of course, was like, I don't want to see my daughter crying. You can come home kind of thing. My mom was like, no, you're staying. You're finishing it out. Go talk to your professors. Figure it out. You know how to do this. And it was a struggle my first year. I like, I hated every second of being in Montana my freshman Oof. year. And that's so that's hard, too, because you're you're talking about there's and I've I've written articles about this before that like the initial transition to college, like it's really common for there to be homesickness. But then that like there's a very fine line of when it tips over from homesickness to like you just advocating for yourself. Like this is not a good fit. I cannot be here. And ultimately that voice and the desperation gets louder. Um, and so at this point, it sounds like you finished, you managed to muddle all the way through first year, but then what did, what happened next? <laughs> so part of the story was I had left a boyfriend back in Sanford from high school. And my mom thought that's why I wanted to come home. Reality was it wasn't. I knew for me, I hated Montana and I didn't want to be there. Well, we ended up breaking up in the middle of my freshman year, which didn't help anything either. But once we broke up, I was like, I still want to move home. I'm still miserable here. My mom convinced me I needed to move out of the dorms and I'd be so much happier and just continued on this like I needed to stay in Montana. So I moved out, got an apartment with one of my best friends, got a job, um, but then it ended up so I stayed for the summer, worked, started school again for my sophomore year. And it pretty much turned into I was working like almost 40 hours a week at a hotel at a front desk, plus going to class full time, plus like just hating being in Montana. Like the town of Missoula just wasn't a good fit for me. I yeah. hated it. And so it, my grades suffered. And I, like I said, I had never failed a class in my life. I was not doing well in class. I was still calling my parents all the time. So my mom eventually called and made me an appointment at the counseling center at the college. And for a very <laughs> long time, I hated her for it. I was so mad. I almost didn't go. Um, but now I'm glad she did. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because this lady validated that I was unhappy in Montana. And it was okay that I was unhappy. Yeah. Um, and so that was really helpful. Then it turned out my roommate I was living with became really depressed. So she never wanted to go out and do anything. So then in turn, I never went out and did anything. So we pretty much just stayed at home and ate our feelings. And by the time that semester was wrapping up, I told my parents, I was like, I'm done. I'm not staying here. I don't like I'm coming back to Sandpoint. And their response was, that's fine, but you're not moving home. You can come mm. back to our town and we'll help you, but you're not moving into our house. So that was um, eye-opening because I wasn't expecting that. And they knew how miserable I was. So I was kind of like, what do you mean I'm not moving home? Um, <laughs> so that was rough. At that point, one of my best friends from high school had just had a baby and was living in Sandpoint. And she's like, hey, I'm getting an apartment. Do you want to get an apartment together? Great. That's a wonderful idea at mm -hmm. the time. Um, so I moved in with her and I got a job back at the restaurant that I had worked at in high school. 
And living with somebody who has a brand new baby as like a 19 year old was um, an adventure. And then I kind of decided like, I was miserable still. And I was like, I like, I don't know how to make this better. And so mom's like, well, why don't you start taking a couple classes at the community college in Coeur d'Alene, which is like an hour drive from us. You take them online and there's a um, satellite campus in Sandpoint. And I was like, well, okay. Cause I didn't really know what I wanted to do anymore. So I changed right. my major. I had originally gone to college for athletic training, hated it. Mm-hmm. Miserable. So <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> um, enrolled at NIC, the North Idaho Community College, and just took a few classes, mostly satellite classes because I didn't want to drive. And started talking to a career counselor there. She's like, well, your grades in psychology are great. Have you ever thought about psychology? And I was like, uh, I'd really rather not go into that field. That's the field my parents are in. I've kind of tried to avoid it like the plague. Um, <laughs> and that was her reaction. She laughed yep. at me. She's like, well, I mean, those are really good grades. Like, maybe we should work on that. So basically what I did at the year that I was at community college is I fixed a lot of the credits I had failed at University of Montana. Yep, that makes sense. GPA was not great. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time fixing credits in that year. Um, after that year, um, we decided that I was going to move home for the summer. And my little brother was getting ready to graduate high school. So he was on his college tours. We went over spring break and he ended up touring uh, Utah State University. And I was like, I love this school. They have what I want to go to school for, which at the time I thought was sports psychology. And I was like, this is great. It's beautiful here. There's a lot of stuff to do outdoors. Like, I love it. So in turn, he got accepted there. I also decided to apply and go there, which is kind of funny. Um, so I lived at home for about six months before I moved to Utah. Moved to Utah, not necessarily realizing the culture in Utah was what it was. <laughs> I had no idea. We toured it. I loved the school. They had what I wanted. They accepted me. I was like, this is great. Moved there and it was kind of like, oh, well, not quite what I was expecting. But when I moved there, I got an apartment by myself, which was the first time I was ever living like on my own by myself. I got a job at a restaurant that was like a bar and grill. So I met friends who weren't Mormon mm-hmm. um, and made really great friends. And I enjoyed living by myself for the first time. I felt like I had the space to be me and do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I started school part-time when I went back and took a couple classes here and there. And then finally I was like, okay, like I can do this. And yeah. slowly started getting back into full-time of the problem was a bunch of my credits didn't transfer to utah state they have a lot of their own regulations (laughs) so i ended up having to repeat a lot of classes and pay for a lot of classes that i had already taken that was super frustrating Um, yeah but the moral of the story was i finished i graduated my degree in psychology really decided to do sports psychology you end up having need like a master's or a doctorate and it took me eight years just to get my bachelor's degree so at the point I graduated I was like I am done with school for now and much to my parents uh disappointment (laughs) I hear almost monthly or weekly 
you know, you should really just like go back to school and try it out. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. School and I are not friends right now. Like I got the degree you wanted me to. I'm done for a hot minute. Well, I appreciate you sharing your journey. And I think that it really, it tells this, this more, honestly, more, more common timeline that people don't realize. And that really yeah. like, if the first school doesn't a fit, then transferring like, A, you're changing your major, your credits may not be transferring. It might take a minute before you can actually get connected to the right school. I mean, like this, this like timeline is way more common than people lead on. And so I'm just curious too, knowing that, okay, now that you're like, no way on school, like hidden, hidden break, hidden pause on coming back to doing that anytime soon, but you've since started to work. So what have you done since you got your degree? Yeah. So while I was finishing my degree, I started working at Uinta Academy, an all-girls therapeutic boarding school, um, because you kind of needed a practicum finish for your graduating essay and things like that. So I started volunteering there and then ended up getting a job there as direct care staff. Um, And then after I graduated, my boyfriend and I moved to Boise, and I work direct care staff at Novitas Academy, which is an all-boys therapy mm. boarding school as direct care staff. So I've kind of had both sides, which is super fascinating, super interesting, pluses and minuses to both, for sure. Um, I worked there for about a year and a half, and then the opportunity came to work for Right Directions Crisis Intervention. So I worked in the office in logistics, um, answering phone calls with parents and things like that for um, kids who needed to be transported. And then most recently, um, about five months ago, I started working in admissions at Building Bridges Academy, which is a boys therapeutic boarding school in Thompson Falls, Montana. Yes. Yeah. Kind of bounced around, but that degree came in handy, way more handy than I ever expected it to. (laughs) Well, especially it's, it's, you got to circle it back to that, that first advisor that was like, Hey, psychology. And you're like, no, I don't want to do it. That's my parents. And look at you now. It's everybody's, I tell everybody, I tried to avoid this industry like the plague. I did (laughs) everything possible to not being it because I was around it so much as a kid. It's all I knew growing up. I spent so many Thanksgivings and Christmas and holidays at therapeutic boarding schools and stuff with my parents. I was just like, I don't want to be a part of that. And it, unfortunately, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay, though, too, because you're actually, you're paving the way for yourself, right? I think the difference, though, is that even though you were, resistant to the idea, I think you would have been even more resistant had it been a situation of like your parents saying, Hey, you should go work here. And then you go like you have, you've completely chartered your own path. So I'm just going to ask you quickly, cause I ask everybody this, do you see yourself as successful? I do now. It took a long time for me to get to that point, but yes, where I sit today, yes, I do feel successful where I sit in education, in life, in my job, everything. Yes. Good. Okay. And then I'm just gonna, because from where I sit, I see you as successful too. I hope you know that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, my, my next question though, which is what I ask everybody is really, if you could talk to somebody who is having a similar experience to where you were in that initial transition, right? So somebody who's saying like, I just don't think I'm in the right place. What piece of advice would you give that person? I definitely wish I had explored my options 
further. When I first felt unhappy, knowing that there are options of other schools to go to or going down to part-time students or things like that, that I wish I would have taken more advantage of and think I would have been happier. Um, I also wish I had taken more advantage of the resources at my school. I wish I had gone to that counselor my freshman year. I wish I had done things like that instead of pulling it out so long and becoming so unhappy to the point it took my mom to make the appointment for me. Like that's what I wish I had known to talk to somebody else and then taking advantage of it and taking the initiative of my own to research other schools or being part-time or things like that before it got to the point that it did. I'm, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question because I, I think that this actually just speaks to it. For somebody that was so successful in high school or viewed themselves as so successful, do you think that a part of the trouble that you had with acknowledging like, hey, I need to see a counselor or hey, you know, like I'm I'm not doing well was because of that experience that you'd had before. And this was really like that, that first, like, it's almost the difference of seeing yourself as a failure and what it was that you were doing as a failure. That was, that was a huge part of it. It was, I didn't want to disappoint anybody. I didn't want to... I didn't even want to admit it to myself that I was failing and not doing well in life and at school and everything. And the other thing is being that my parents did work in the therapeutic industry. I didn't want to see a therapist. I had, I didn't want anything to do with it. I pushed it away so hard because of how I grew up and I wish I hadn't, but there's just kind of that. It's almost kind of like the preacher's kid is always the bad kid, the therapist kid, you don't want to be that kid. You know what I mean? You don't want to be the therapist kid going to therapy, <laughs> but you know what happens. <laughs> and yet we're the ones that need therapy the most. <laughs> so Come on. True. So true. <laughs> it's so true. All right. Well, I think that's extremely valuable advice. And so I hope that whoever's listening hears this and know that, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get your degree, like, as long as you work towards whatever it is that you want to work towards, that's all that matters. So Aubrey, how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. So I am on Facebook. You can find me just under Aubrey Sutton on Facebook. Um, my work phone number, which is my work cell phone, easiest way to get a hold of me, um, 406-370-7412. Um, you can always email me at a Sutton, so S-U-T-T-O-N, at buildingbridgesinc.net as well as any of those places I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of. Perfect. So we'll make sure that that's also listed in the podcast notes for anybody that actually just needs to see it written down. Aubrey, thanks again for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's fun. It's something I don't really talk about that it takes you this long to go through college and things like that. Most people are like, Oh, you got a degree. Great. And move on. And I like to leave it that way. <laughs> so it's definitely different talking about it. So true. Well, I mean, that's again, that goes to that place of shame, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, once you get your degree, that's all that matters. But exactly. when you're in it, it's hard to kind of, yeah, be comfortable with that. But thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, 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 oh,
that's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guest again for joining me this week and for being willing to share their story. This podcast would not exist if it weren't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. You can follow me on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. But most importantly, check out the resources on my website at www.lilyconsulting.com. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. Also, while you're there, if you would be so kind, leave me a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on other popular podcast apps such as Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.